You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. You are listening to the AP Laboratory. Uh, what? War Eagle. <laughs> Come on, Maddie. Maddie, who's your college team? We're starting with this already. Who's your college team, Maddie? We're starting with this. I am a Tigers fan. Uh, care to elaborate? Literally. Clemson, LSU, Auburn, Missouri, I guess, for like baseball or softball. Princeton. Uh, one of the Princeton Tigers are a great football team in the Ivy League. Any other Tigers out there, I am welcome Detroit to Detroit Tigers. Sh- he loves them. I will show up to any game rooting on the Tigers. There's Fun fact. The Tigers is the most used mascot in college. Probably. I'm aware. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's be- it's because it's because Maddie went to a college that only has the the one mascot ever. The, in the in the I history guess of the so. nation. I guess so. Well. Yeah. Uh we got a lot to cover today. We're gonna do it. We're it's mostly just mailbag, but a couple of the questions we're gonna kinda dive in a little bit on. Uh couple housekeeping notes. If you guys like the podcast channel. Apparently, five-star reviews on iTunes is a good thing. We would love more of them. Please support uh, the podcast channel with those five-star reviews. That would be wonderful. Um, we are winding down. We are two weeks away from launching the KC Draft Guide. Very excited about this. Um, and we I just finished running backs tonight. Craig, I think you finished cornerbacks tonight. Is that right? Yep, and off ball linebackers Woo. last Maddie, night. how many how many positions have you finished? <laughs> Man, we're a little behind, <laughs> but this is also what happens when you have like thirty players from the shared position group that you have to ride up while Kent has like three. Sorry, can I can I can I say something though, Maddie? Because this is kind of karma. War this is Eagle. kind of karma because War Eagle. Maddie has strategically been playing this all year where like he'll stumble on someone that's like really interesting and fun on Twitter. <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, who's this character? I guess I'll take him. Whoops. And he's done that like the entire off season. So I've been getting bums this whole year. And Maddie's just been subtly like, oh, sure. Why not? I'll grade the fun players. I know that your quarterbacks and running backs can't. And those are totally positions that the Chiefs are going to take and are very deep this year. Sure. You go ahead. Just take. Take the backup edge from BYU. That's fine. Go ahead. I'll take someone. Kid, fun. This is why you should have been. This is why you should have been grinding the tape last June with me. Well, no. Well, but then he's going to complain about the fact that he's got all the good players. <laughs> oh, that I have so many write-ups now. to do. Well, I wonder why. Because you took all the good players. <laughs> anyways, hey. No, Not, we're cool. That's okay. We'll keep we'll keep working. That's all right. You keep your running backs. You go finish your quarterbacks. I think there's a guy from southeastern west coast Louisiana that needs you to watch him tonight. Um, no, I, so let's get through I, this. I about quit talking about football after watching Drew Anderson. So <laughs> you can just I I just gave up. I I, I slandered him on Twitter without being me. Anyways, uh, go to the go to gum.co slash KC draft if you want to pre-order our work. Promo code nerd gets it to you for $6.99. Over 200 write-ups on prospects. Uh, three Over 300 ranked. We got some features. Craig's got a really cool feature. I've got a, a, a feature I'm excited to write and some other stuff. I, it's going to be a great resource during the draft season, and you can get it for $6.99 for the next couple weeks. The promo codes are are not going to be advertised uh, as prominently uh, after that. But, you know, here's a, here's a hint for the OG listeners. I guess my feature is less cool as theirs because I didn't get a shout-out, but that's no, okay. I, I don't think we totally know what your feature is yet because you're too busy writing profiles. You know what it is. You just don't want to shout it out. That's okay, Kent. That's all right. My Tigers, both of my Tigers are still playing. 
We're good. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, check it out if you have a, have a minute. Uh, just so you know, we'll just tell the podcast listeners right now. There might be some of these codes that we uh, that we have are going to be active for the most part through the draft season, but we probably aren't going to be advertising the discounted price. It'll still be out there loosely. Some of these might be, but um, yeah. So here, there's just a hint. There's just a hint. Maybe we'll just advertise. Maybe we'll just advertise a discount only on the podcast because we love because we love oh, you guys. Yeah. So I still yeah, want an could- 808 code for a guy that's some for Jalen Ferguson's three cone just for, for Jalen oh I feel bad His three cone a little bit of heartbreak wherever you want to put it as I kind of just feel bad about like spending so much time we almost we almost talked about it on the draft show like I because it's just yeah. like it's 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 monumental and it's historic like we, we talked about having yes. eight seconds of silence <laughs> For his draft stock. Tech had their pro day the same day as big schools, as power five schools. The issue is they drug it along so late into the night that he was the only thing happening was people waiting for his numbers. And then they came the in. The NFL Network. And all anybody could the do NFL Network, was race to Twitter. The NFL Network brought someone out there to like be the beat writer for his report or for his pro day. <laughs> oh, but shout out to Patrick Claybon for going down there. Yeah, yeah. Way to be. Thanks for man. Very strategically placed three cone times, just hours and hours and hours. And actually, it might have just been that they were waiting for him to finish. It come turns out, it was getting dark. It was getting dark. This thing. Maybe that's why he kept slipping. He couldn't see the cones. He was just guessing where they might be. That's what it was. That's what you know. What's gonna happen? It's actually only a seven nine eight. Guys, you know Jalen Ferguson's gonna be the first round pick of the Chiefs now, right? Absolutely, yes. At 22, we're trading up. I mean, it has to happen. They're going to follow that up with Baker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to trade up both their... They're going to trade up for... Just go all in all the eggs and the the Baker and Ferguson baskets. That's what we deserve. All this work. Wow, this thing thing derailed... All this work and all this slander. This thing derailed quickly. (laughs) This this thing really derailed... I don't even know the direction of this podcast right now. There is no direction, apparently. But we, we're going to answer... What we decided to do is we're going to answer the mailbag questions that you guys gave us. Um, and a couple of them we're probably going to dive in a little bit on. And in fact, we're going to start with this one. Uh, at Austin G 24 asks, Am I crazy to think that the current defense players coaches considered is a better unit than what KC had last year? It can't get worse. I mean, it can, but... <laughs> but I feel like I'm losing brain cells listening to how losing Houston Ford and Barry is going to cripple this team. I'll just start by saying this. I don't think losing Houston Ford and Barry is going to cripple this team. I think the loss of D Ford is significant. Do not get me wrong. That's mm-hmm. the biggest one that you're losing to this point. But new energy, new accountability, new leadership, new blood, they don't know the history of this team's defense because most of that defense is gone. I mean, there's not there's not bad things to go with, you know, with this with this new regime. I mean, it's a complete overhaul and they are stripping it down to the studs. And the only stud left is Chris Jones. But uh <laughs> I feel like that is a strong slander towards the Honey Badger. I mean, yeah, but he's a new stud. Left. 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 No, and yeah, I think it's a new step. And that's a big thing that they talked about is they wanted to keep get this new defense going with a bunch of new parts so everybody was kind of learning it together. That was something that they had mentioned during the opening press conference and stuff after they were announcing free agent moves. So the whole thing of restarting new is definitely happening. Getting rid of some of the past leaders is something that's kind of necessary if you're rebuilding everything from the ground up. Right. So oh, yeah, well. and Chris Jones is the longest tenured member oh of this my. defense. Are you, right wait, now. for real? What about Dan? And so we Dan bring Sorensen? back Greg Zombo. I'm technically, yeah, sorry. Dan Sorensen's already gone in my mind. I'm sorry. I mean, but he, <laughs> he very well could be. I he mean, he could be. He And he could still be here. But I mean, if you think about it, there's not very many long term guys that have no, been. No, there here. isn't. I, yeah, they, they've got it cut down to very minimal guys that have been here longer than the last couple of I would of years. say, okay. Let's see here. Chris Jones, uh, Dan Sorensen, Eric Mur- Reggie. No, Reggie Rack has only been here for Eric two years. Murray. 
I know, but I mean, that seems like it a does. lifetime. Guys, Frank Zombo's coming back. No, he's not. Yeah. Zombo is coming back in that door at some point in time, and he will retake the throne as the longest tenured defensive <laughs> Chiefs player as he continues to play starting snaps. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> is he your Sam? He is my everything. He's your Zam with a Z. <laughs> He's your okay, Zam. Move on. No, no. Roll it. Okay. Keep rolling. Anyway, so let's let's just. I'll, I'll Craig. I'm just gonna have Craig answer this question, Maddie. I don't. I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> Craig, tell me. List the starting defense in the base four three under. Okay. Base four three under defense. Strong side defensive end is Breland Speaks, and you've got Derek Nottie as your one tech. Chris Jones is your three tech. Alex Okafor as your Leo currently. On the second level, don't listen to what the Chiefs are saying. We've got our our new guy. Damien uh, Wilson. Which I already... Damien Wilson. Damien with an E. I, I already blanked on his name this Sunday evening. Uh, Hitchens is playing as the Mike. Dorian O'Daniel is going to play as the Will. On the outsides, you've got Bashad Breland and Kendall Fuller in the nickel. Kendall kicks in and Charvarius Ward rotates in. And then you've got Honey Badger as your box safety and Jordan Lucas Choo -choo. Or, or Armani Watts, I guess, wow. or to be named later. <laughs> safety, safety to be named later. Alongside. Trey Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Boston. I think Trey Boston yeah. would be that, in the building that's the by current, now, though. Maybe, maybe. There was tweets of him where, where he sounded like, I don't know. No. Anyway, so uh, that's your starting defense, though. Uh, they've got guys at every position now. There's not a giant hole in that starting defense well, anymore. I mean, well, <laughs> that's the next question. What, I, I, Craig yeah. started us off. Biggest need for a replacement player on this defense as we sit today? I. I think the biggest need is going to be that deep safety. I, I just think there's too many question marks. I like Jordan. I like him a lot. I would like for him to be that guy. But if I had to pick a guy that this organization seems to have the least amount sort of invested in so far, I think it's Lucas of all these guys. That's interesting. So, okay, and I'm, I'll, I'll let Maddie answer this question here in a second, but now I'm very curious. Um, should the Chiefs take a deep safety at 29 then? No, because I just don't think the value is there. I don't think the value is the same. I still think that even though deep safety is the biggest need for replacement on the current starting defense, they do still need pass rushers. They do still need cornerbacks. Those guys are going to be needed not only this season, but as starters in 2020. They don't have those guys on the roster right now, so I think that those are the positions that they still need to target. They can get by with safeties. They can get by with a guy back there. They've got several uh guys in-house, so... I think that they'll be fine at safety. Still got to go corner. Okay, uh, Maddie, tell me who you th uh, think the biggest need is for a replacement at this point then. Well, thank you, Kent, for letting me step in here now, even though you don't want to hear from me. <laughs> However, my uh, I think the biggest need is still just a pass rusher off the edge. Like I like Alex Okafor. I wanted the Chiefs to look at him last year when there was a chance he was coming out. I think I mentioned that before. So I really like him as a player. But he's just not bringing the juice off the edge. He's not a guy that's really going to threaten on third and seven. He's not a guy that you're worried about as a quarterback beating you off your tackle around the corner. You're more worried about the scheme pressure that's going to come from this new defense, which is great. But you still need an edge player that's capable of winning one-on-one. -on -one. You need a guy that's going to really pose that threat. Not even just speed. It can be a power rusher. It can be a technical or a pass rusher. Just somebody that can win relatively quickly off the edge and I don't think they have that on the roster right now, not as a starter, not as a reserve. At this point, they're relying on pressure from Chris Jones up the middle or a slow burn pass rush from a blitz, a stunt, or just Breland Speaks and Alex Okafor crushing the pocket until the quarterback has nowhere to go. Okay, I, I agree with Maddie. I think I think pass rush off the edge is still very important to this team. I mean, you think about like if Alex Okafor went down, you're looking at... Tano season. Maybe if Tano's still on the <laughs> roster. I mean, like, I think... Frank Zombo. 
<laughs> Here Frank comes Zombo. <laughs> Undersized. Doesn't matter. To- uh, Tobe to- vouched for him. Dave Tobe vouched for him. Okay. Um, just, I agree with you. Just like special teams. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys this scenario. And you tell me how you feel about this defense if this happens. Okay. Uh, and I kind of, I, I didn't want to just make it like a very optimistic perspective. I wanted to kind of make it like, it might be a little bit of a challenge. Let's say the Chiefs finish day two with Clellan Farrell in a trade up, Lonnie Johnson at cornerback, and JJ Arcega Whiteside at wide receiver in the first three rounds. How do you feel? So off the bat, I think I obviously love the Farrell pick. He's one of my favorite guys in this class. I think he's being vastly underrated right now. And as I just said, he fits the biggest need that I see on the defense, probably the whole team. So I feel great about that. If you hit your first round pick in a draft, it's hard to ever walk away feeling terrible. Like no matter what happens after there, you still feel pretty good because you have the most likely to hit position and player knocked out of the park with the first pick. Lonnie Johnson's not my favorite cornerback. I understand the intrigue. He's a developmental guy that has great size. You can play him up on the line of scrimmage and hope he kind of beats people up. And he looks to be a great athlete. So I get the allure. But second round for me, or just even on day two, is just a little early for me to feel confident in his growth going forward. I just I don't see the path as of right now. And then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I mean, I guess we did talk about wanting a tight end too. So <laughs> we got our move tight end too there. But besides that, I mean, there's other tight ends I'd rather have. Yeah, I I would follow light along the same lines as Matt there. I love Cleveland. I think that he's a guy that can come right in and have a major impact in a rotational role, and then you can let him kind of take the reins in 2020 and just go from there. Lonnie Johnson is a guy that if you put on his tape, he has a lot of moments where he looks like a guy who's never played quarterback <laughs> before. I mean, so you're not wrong. He's... I mean, he he's rough to watch. He's just got such a very physical profile, and he's a good athlete. But I'm not in the mood for drafting just pure athletic traits in round two at that spot. So I, I would prefer something different there. And then adding a wide receiver, there are more dynamic options than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside but I can't say that I would be mad at adding another big body to this offense. I would love the Clellan investment and trading up to get him. I think you got to trade up to get him. And I would be all uh, all in on that. And I think you're probably going to hear us talk about Clellan Farrell for like the next 35 days. However yeah. many weeks. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, the, Until and then the few weeks afterwards because, you know, he's on the roster. Yeah, I'm talking right? about him for at least a 12 yeah. years. But with, <laughs> with Lonnie Johnson, like, the first off, I would not be stunned if the Chiefs ended with a couple of Matt House guys because that just makes too much sense. And it's a little bit terrifying because I could see Lonnie Johnson being one of the second round picks. Like I very realistically. Because I mean that just doesn't that just feel right? I mean Matt yeah. So like I do not discount that Matt House connection. The Chiefs will end up with a Kentucky Wildcat on their roster. But it could be an undrafted guy, but it's going to happen. I think it'll I, be a special teams guy. Like I, I would feel the safest saying it's going to be a try-hard leader, special teams kind of guy over the pure athlete, but I do get where you're coming from. There's going to be a Kentucky I bet you it's, I, I would be surprised if it wasn't a draft awesome. pick. I, I, yeah, I mean, oh, I, do, I, I agree with you. I just I think if you're going to make a pick like related directly to a coach, you're looking at a guy that's kind of like a coach's favorite, which is usually a special teams leader, mm-hmm. try hard guy. That's the only thing I'm thinking. But I mean, I, Lonnie Johnson fits what we think the Chiefs are looking for at corner, so he's yeah. definitely an option. Which that that guy's going to be Mike Edwards. Yeah, I could see that be too. Mike Edwards. They're going to nah, Cash yeah. Daniels, or Darius, Darius West, <laughs> Big yeah. Ching, just not Jordan Jones. That's 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 it. It won't be Jordan Jones. Uh, okay, so um, I'll, I'm just gonna just throw out a number here for this. Where forty six? Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, if uh, okay, close. That's what the Jayhawks lost by, Ooh. right? Close. Uh, okay, Maddie. Thank you for derailing this. As usual, uh, take a note. Take a guess. 
where is the defensive where's the where's the defensive DOA, DVOA for a team that adds Clellan Farrell and Lonnie Johnson? I'll say twenty third. I'll say nineteen. Hmm. Twenty one. Okay. So I mean we're kinda all in that they're not quite middle of the road. They're 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 trying to they're kicking the door down on the middle of the road. If that's all they do, yes, I think that's about where we're going to be. With the amount of money we have, I still expect another move, which changes that. But for this exercise where we are right now not knowing, yeah, I think those exact moves get you into that bottom of the last third of the or the best of the last third of the league. Well, that, that's right. the point of the exercise. So, uh, okay. <laughs> um, we are going to take a break, and we will be back right after this. Okay, finishing up the rest of these questions, we only got through one before the commercial break, which is... <laughs> Thanks, Kate. I mean, this is impressive, but it was a good question I kind of expanded on. I wanted to kind of go farther down the road with that one because it's, it's something we've kind of talked about recently. Okay. One Lost Wizard asks, your guess, who is the best player available at number 29? Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, that's a good. Oh, that, that's, that's a good, good one. Am I cheating? No, no, that's, that's cheating, a good. Though? No, that's good. Okay, that's good. Cool. Yeah, uh, for me, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I think, is still going to be there at twenty nine. I think he's the best player that will be left. How about this? Let's go, uh, Nasir Adderley. I could see, uh, you know, right now he's in the on the KC Draft Guide big board. Right now, he's in the twenties. I could see him. Uh, falling out of that first round range and being an early second round pick. I think that's interesting because I think both of you guys pick safeties and I do think one of them goes before 29, but definitely not both. So there's a very good chance that whichever one's still left is the highest left on our draft board just based on yeah. positions and where they're going to go. Yeah, one of the tackles might fall. Maybe yeah. Dillard or Kajust. Kajust too. Maybe, I can see Kajust falling yeah. too. Uh, J- yeah. Jake... At Jake 049, numbers, 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 a lot of numbers. I, I should probably just read them out, but Jake, shout out to Jake with the digits. Uh, talk me down from demanding Hakeem Butler. Uh, my soul needs him with Mahomes for the next decade. I and Maddie love Hakeem Butler. He's a fantastic player. I think he's still an ascending player. Some of his best plays are as good as anyone's in this class. Um, he missed a few easy catches at times. Uh, I think his athletic profile is solid for a guy that big. I he's able, I think he's going to be able to separate at the next level too. Enough. Uh, I'm a fan of his. Craig, what about you? Okay, I'll play devil's advocate because I also like Hakeem Butler a lot. But if you're taking Hakeem Butler, you have to take him in the first round. Yeah, He's not going to be there at 61 or 63. If you're doing that, you now take that, what we just said, 19-21-23 DVOA defense. You take Cleveland Farrell off of that. Now all of a sudden you're talking about 27-28-29 for that DVOA. However, hashtag score 100. Yes. Jake However, stole my joke. Yeah, it's Jake's <laughs> You're joke. You're still going to be able to. <laughs> Jake's Jake's leading the movement. Teams. <laughs> Jake isn't here, so I need to relay Jake's joke to Jake. I've been using the hashtag more than you. Just saying. Oh, that's almost like you're watching offensive players or something. <laughs> okay, sorry, Matthew. Give us your Hakeem take. Uh, all right, Jake, I will get up on this uh, building ledge that you're on and we can sit up there and scream until we are blue in the face about getting Hakeem Butler on this team. And I'll gladly do it with you. But here's the thing. I don't think you're getting him at 29. And this isn't the kind of team that needs to trade up for a wide receiver. That's my only qualm with asking for Hakeem Butler. I think you would have to move up in the draft to get him at this point in time. Let's stay on the wide receiver position. Nate CH four seventy nine. What do you guys think about Pierre Garcon being a third option potentially? I mean, he he's okay. I I think this team needs some bodies at receiver and smart, technical, good hands. I think that he offers enough to kind of help this defense out if Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins wasn't able to play for a period of time in 2019. And I think it also alleviates the need to have to take a guy early. You can kind of gamble on a wide receiver later that maybe doesn't have 
quite the same projection and then, you know, go after one of the excellent ones in 2020. But yeah, I'd be fine with Pierre Garçon getting added. Eh, that's how I would feel about it. It's just a yeah. lot of, eh. I would, I would personally rather even have Jordy Nelson. I would roll the dice on Des Bryant if he's healthy enough. I mean, it's you're looking at a veteran receiver that you think can come in and be trusted by Pat. I don't know who all's ready, who's they think can pick up the offense the quickest. The quickest. If Garcon signed, like I'm not going to be mad about it. They're not going to pay him a ton of money, so it is kind of what it is. But he just he wouldn't move the needle for me. I think he would more than likely be relegated to wide receiver four or five once they get going by guys that are younger, still a little bit more explosive. I don't know if Garcon's just that kind of steady, super trustworthy guy that's just going to continue to be savvy into the, his late 30s like some guys seem to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm like overwhelmed by it. I don't think it's like something like I'm thrilled with. I he's he's he, he I I kind of tend to agree with what Maddie said. Uh okay, can you provide any insight on which guys from the practice squad or roster uh that maybe didn't play that much last year the coaches might have some high hopes for taking a big step forward, uh maybe becoming a major contributor? Um, you know, I think that, you know, you heard a lot of stuff about them liking Brian Hunter, the offensive lineman as a, uh, kind of a developmental, um, kind of like as a developmental offensive lineman, he's got that versatility where he can play inside and out. Uh, he kicked out to right tackle. Even he was getting looks at right tackle. Um, the other guy that I'm really interested in that I think they might have some interest in potentially is, is Rob McCray. Uh, 6'2", 285 pounds, tested exceptionally well uh, at his pro day last year, the the defensive lineman from Indiana. Um, they were trying to play him, make him as a stand-up edge. I wonder if he's dense enough and long enough because I think he's got some length too to maybe play as a defensive end. Uh, and with that athleticism and that flexibility, he could run stunts and twists. like He would have no problem with that. So maybe he gets a, a long look this year. Got injured during, the training, uh, during training camp last year and was on IR. Well, I'm not going to take Maddie's guy because I know who he's going to say. So so I'll bail on him. Oh, and I'm say, interested because I don't even know I, what I'm going to say. So let's go. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with Justin Hamilton. I know that he got a lot of run there at the end of the year, but there's not really that many guys on the defensive side of the ball, especially that didn't get run that really have a chance to do so. So Hamilton will be my guy inside. They need more guys inside that can kind of – play and penetrate and offer a little more juice. We've seen a little bit out of Hamilton. They were comfortable enough to let Jarvis Jenkins go, a guy that was playing a lot to that point last year. And Justin Hamilton got some run there under Bob Sutton in that defensive line rotation. I think he can come in there and kind of rotate in and offer some some, uh, power and speed inside. So I think uh, Daryl Williams would count for this exercise. Daryl, the Barrel. He's a guy who barely played a little bit. He, I don't like that nickname. Darryl, I think we just go with Rel. Barrel. I the really Barrel. think we just go with Rel. And uh, he showed some promise when he got on the field. Like, he looked pretty good. I loved him in preseason. He showed some flashes late in the year, giving Damian Williams some rest. But the signing of Carlos Hyde kind of throws a wrench into how many planks or how much snaps he might get. Just because Hyde is so consistent as a pass blocker, I really do think that's going to limit. So we're going to have to hit up our guy, Byron Pringle. We talked about him a bit last week, but I really like his route running and his ability to be a vertical deep threat, which is going to be perfect in this offense. I would be really surprised if Byron Pringle doesn't make the active day roster and start getting some snaps as the year goes on because he just had so many flashes in college and even last year in the preseason that there's something there if you get it all nailed down. You heard Andy Reid mention multiple times that that Byron Pringle was probably making the 53. So I think that tells you all you need to know. Uh, I'll just answer with this one really quick. Uh, at Cheese Boy RDG, who are some young guys on the defense on the defense who showed a little juice to give you hope towards the end of the year? Um, I'll just answer this part because I think we've answered most of them. I think Charvarius Ward showed some promise late in the year. So that's a, a guy. I don't know if you have any more because we mentioned Justin Hamilton and there really wasn't a ton of guys. Uh, I will ask you this. I'm going to ask you this question, guys. Who are the best candidates to make a leap this year? So uh, I had two guys, ooh. actually, in terms of showing a little juice or making a okay. leap. And, I mean, we've mentioned one briefly, so I won't talk about him. And we talked about him a lot last year. But uh, Jordan Lucas, 
like there's enough there. And I think you have to be a little happy about what you've seen. He just seems the guys rally around him. So just from, other than the fact that he seems to be a good morale guy, that, that'll give him a chance. And if he can show promise like he did early in the year, then there's something there. But Dorian O'Daniel, I think, is ready to make the actual leap. I think he's ready to be a real player this upcoming year, which is a big leap from what he was last year. Let him get out there, chase stuff down from a better position for him. I think that's a guy you're just going to see a big difference in terms of what he looked like last year to this year. Yeah, and I think that a guy who kind of already made that leap last year, but I'm going to use him anyway because I think he can take another step forward, Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley, I think, has a starting spot on this roster or on this offensive line somewhere. And it might be that left guard position that we kind of saw Cam Irving and Jeff Allen rotate through. He got some reps early on in OTAs and camp as the starting left guard, ran with the ones there. They've tried him out there a little bit. I don't know if they feel comfortable with him there, but he showed enough throughout the end of last year. He has a little bit of a nasty streak. He's athletic. He's powerful. I think that he's a guy that can come in and start on this offensive line and maybe on that left guard spot. I was thinking about something kind of within this framework the other day. Um, I think a guy, and I, I don't think he's primed necessarily to make the leap, but a guy that the Chiefs need to make a leap is Breland Speaks. They need something out of him. I don't know if they're going to get it out of him, but he's been put in the best situation to succeed this year. He's he's dropped into a scheme that fits him better. He needs to, whatever his body, like whatever they need him to do to work his body out, maybe they can get him a little bit more athletic. That's kind of a pipe dream, but I mean, they need, they need him to rework his body. They need him to have an excellent offseason. It's a critical offseason for him and his defense. If he can help, that would that would be huge. Uh, so I don't know if I expect it, but he needs to, and this is the best situation he's been in. Uh, at Steve Gray asks, what are the Chiefs going to do with their remaining cap space? I I think you could see them making a trade. I think there might be a vet trade that they could you know potentially look at. They've got the cap space to do it. They've got the draft capital to do it. If not, I mean you're going to extend Chris Jones probably or Tyree Kill maybe. I mean we'll see. Um, and beyond that, maybe they just roll it over into next year. Yeah, they. I think that at this point it's looking like if there's no trade, they're just going to roll it over and they are going to spend like crazy next offseason in the last cheap year of Pat Mahomes' rookie deal. So that's what I think they're going to do. Yeah, the rollover concept just scares me a little bit because I really do think it's essentially throwing away another year. Like I understand that probably wasn't the plan going into it, but just holding onto the cash and then rolling it into next year to spend next year, like what what is the goal for this year? Is just is it just to show a little bit of growth on defense before making the final surge? It just seems like an odd time to go that route. You would have preferred them to do that starting last year if that was the plan. Now I get it. They were getting out of John Dorsey's cap hell, so it is what it is. But I think that there's a trade that they're trying to work on. I still feel very confident that there is another move for a free agent or a trade coming in that this money's going to go to. I do not think they are going to I don't think Veach is the kind of guy that's just going to pocket money to use at a later date. No, there's. Yeah. I'm, they tried to. They tried to go get Earl. I mean, yeah, they, Earl mean, was Earl was earmarked yeah. for twelve mil. I right. mean, what are they, with Honey what Badger, are they, like they were doing both of those guys. I mean, what together. are they going to do now? Spend twelve million dollars on Trey Boston? I mean, like if, no. if if there's nothing to do with it, like I mean, just just you know punt and live live to fight another day i mean he, that's the thing though. i just don't think that veach is a guy that is gonna punt to live and fight another I just, day whether good or bad i just don't know if there's anything of significance to really throw into the mix so that's my only thing you got cuts coming again you'll have the late round of cuts maybe some of it's used then i, I don't know it's just i don't think veach is just gonna be like okay there's nothing left that we want let's just hold on i think that he might you might see more a couple more one-year contracts come out just to spend some of the money this year to help just, I think there's more coming in. I just don't see Veach sitting on this kind of money. And maybe that's just me trying to read too much into early moves where he's trying to establish something as well. But he just seems really aggressive. I, I'll, I'll say I don't disagree with that at all. I just, at the same time, it's like, if, okay, I'm looking at it right now from where we're sitting here today. And like, I don't see anything where I'm like, you got to go spend it on this, this, and this. And I think that's kind of where I'm just coming from is like, okay, yeah, you're right. When, when, the, when the late cuts come, 
there might be a couple players that they can get into the mix. And that makes sense. But they're kind of waiting. They're they're letting the market dictate the situation, I guess, is where I feel like they're not they're not able to be Chief aggressive. Chief signed Indomitong Sue for a Ooh. one-year deal. How do you feel? I, I, that's not a bad idea, Maddie. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And the other part of that is when it comes down to cuts at the end of the year, the Chiefs have another $9.5 million that's getting freed up after June 1st. Yeah, so right. they've got money to spend. It's Yeah, but I I feel like for the most part, it's going to be reactionary. Maybe Indama Kunsu's in the mix. But like I don't know if there's – I mean, is there anything beyond that that we're really looking at going, okay, they need to go out and do this? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Muhammad Wilkerson, but I don't think you're paying him a ton coming off his injury in a one-year deal. Like, no, besides a trade, there's not a lot out there on the free agent market right now. I just, I'm just saying, like, I, if you wanted to just spend money to spend money, there are a couple options. I just think that Veach isn't going to sit around happily taking this much money the next year. I don't think he's Ballard. I don't think he's got that patience no. <laughs> hoarding money way that Ballard does. So I think he will make something available for him to spend. Well, money. that's terrifying. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I never said it was great. I think that, so this is a little bit of a tangent thing, but I think Ballard's a little too safe with his money. Like the Colts are building a good roster, but they could be a lot better if they would be willing to overpay for guys that they could have used earlier in free agency. What are they doing with all this extra money right now? I think Veach is teetering on being too aggressive. And I think that's why you're going to see him spend some of this money he might be willing to overpay to get somebody that's less of a need and more of a want again, because I don't see him keeping money on the side. Uh, that's, that's just, it does. Mm. I mean, you may not, you may not be wrong. You really won't. Just the look of disgust <laughs> on Kent's face right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm over here trying to get comp picks. So, uh, right. at Brandon four twenty two asks, will Armani Watts or Jordan Lucas be the free safety? I think that we're a bit of a uh, like slanted podcast to ask this question. I know, just but I, we need to approach I it. I think, no, people ask. And so here's the thing. I think the defense that the Chiefs are going to run is a defense that Armani Watts could play deep in. This is a defense that's not going to ask him to be a center fielder and cover from hash mark or numbers to numbers. He's going to be allowed to limit the space he has to cover, which is allows him to play downhill a little bit more, which is where his ball skills and ability to take the ball away comes into effect. I still don't love his ability in man-to-man coverage. His tackling downright scares me. Watching him try to break down in space, mm. being the last line of defense, really frightens me. I would rather have Jordan Lucas, who's no great tackler in his own right, but he at least can provide a speed bump on a <laughs> you know play-by-play basis. And he's shown me enough ball skills as well. I think he has a little bit better range. I would lean towards Lucas at this point in time. And then at the same time, it's not necessarily that you need to classify it as just the free safety in that situation. If you have Jordan Lucas on the field, you can put him in the slot. He played in the slot a lot last year, and he shows that capability. He used to be a corner, so he's a guy that has man coverage ability. You could sort of disguise what you're doing a little bit more. It gives you a little more freedom if you have both Lucas and Honey Badger on the field together. Those two can kind of interchange and swap around where you need them to. And while Lucas isn't going to be the same guy that Honey Badger is, the drop-off and the ability to switch between those guys still gives Spagnuolo a little bit of versatility. Uh, at Magruder PMAC asks, is there a possibility of trade talks out there? Uh, and I asked the question about trading. For, oh, sorry. I'm going to reread this. I, I'm just going to go to the question. It got cut off in the middle of it. Uh, would you guys consider trading for Xavier Howard from Miami? Uh, Casey visits Miami in 2020. Howard fits the 4-3 scheme. Um, I think Xavier Howard fits most schemes. I mean, whether it's going to be a 4-3-3-4, he's a very good cornerback. He's physical. He's shown enough athleticism to live in the NFL. He's he's a little inconsistent for my liking. Like He's very feast or famine. He can shut down the best receivers in the league one week and then get bodied by an average receiver the next week. But I think at this day and age, that level of cornerback play, even on an inconsistent basis, is invaluable. So if the Dolphins, like they appear to be, are willing to trade away every single asset they could possibly think of for 2020 (laughs) draft capital, sure, why not? Let's pick up the phone. Let's figure out what they want for Xavier Howard. Maybe he's not in their long-term plans like anybody else on their roster. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be mad about it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Xavier Howard is a definite upgrade over any cornerback that the Chiefs have on their roster currently. So you can't be mad at him or mad at that move. He's a guy that you could bring in and you don't have to worry about the cap space or anything like that. So I, I would sign him up immediately. He's a big upgrade on the back end and it kind of gives you a little more flexibility. You don't have to target a corner as heavily early in the draft. You can maybe take a project and try and develop them a little later. Uh, at Butch No Way asks, what are some names of players that we should read up on when the draft guide is released? Well, Butch, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you know, in the draft guide, we are going to have one of the one of the features that we're going to have on there is during the or in the reports, we are going to have badges up in the upper right hand corner for guys that we believe are our guys. They're going to be like a my guy sticker that's up there. And it's going to kind of highlight some of the guys that as we've watched tape, they're not necessarily the best players at the position group. We may not have them ranked the highest, but they are guys that we love the way that they play. We love what they bring to the team. We would love them on our rosters or love watching them play. So one of the guys that I would pick is cornerback from Central Michigan, Sean Bunting. He's a guy that's just shooting up draft boards right now after a crazy awesome uh, combine. He tested through the roof. And if you read the draft guide, you'll find out why that's important in my feature. But he's a guy that needs a lot of technique help, but he's got all of the raw ability. He's a lump of clay, and he's a guy that you could bring in and kind of teach him to play the way that you want him to play and utilize that athletic ability a little bit later in the draft and be able to get a really top-notch corner out of him You know, within probably one or two years, and you have this guy on the boundary that you could really count on. So we have the Lucas Locomotive, Craig, you know if we get Sean Bunting, we're going to have to get the Bunting bus out, right? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> All right, so as Craig said, the My Guy stamps are up there, and yeah, he is laid it out perfectly. It's a guy that if we were in a war room, we are going to bang the table for. It, you know, the area that we have them graded, but it's a guy that, like, if they're available where we have them graded, we would try our hardest not to let them not be on our team. And My Guy's safety from Maryland, Darnell Savage. Stunned I love his that you're film. going with Savage. He he is some of the most fun film, I think, this year. Like, there's even guys, not every My Guy has the most fun film. Most of them are, but Savage's film is just a blast. He probably has the best click and close that I've seen in a couple years. He's a fast player. I mean, he ran a blazing 40. He's got great acceleration, but you just watch him. He gets from a deep safety position down to the line of scrimmage or in the backfield in time to outrun receivers on reverses or in the rounds blows screens up from 15 yards away before they can even get the ball and turn up field. He just flies around like a missile. Great man coverage skills for a safety out of the slot. He's routinely baiting quarterbacks into throwing to a guy that he's playing off of. He'll play off of his man, let another receiver look like they're open, and bait the quarterback into throwing the ball there and then just jump in front of it and pick it off. He did it multiple times this past season. He's just a, such a fun player to watch. And the best part is we talked about Jordan Lucas providing a little bit of the same kind of play as Tyron Matthew. That is exactly what Darnell Savage looks like out there. <laughs> He's a little skinnier, but he plays that same frantic pace, essentially plays the same position with the same amount of versatility. Just imagining those two guys on the field at the same time, there would not be a just faster secondary Woo. around. All aboard the Savage streetcar. Oh, you try eh. Nah, nah. <laughs> Bunting bus is better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to drive the uh, Tristan train here. <laughs> Tristan Hill. The uh, Definitely, I was the first person to watch this player, obviously. And I the definitely discovered him. clearly better. And uh, no one, Maddie did not suggest we watch him. He did not make him one of our secondary grades at all. Um, Tristan Hill, defensive lineman from Central Florida. He is currently sitting at uh, 85th on the KC Draft Guide board. His first step, as for his snap explosion, his first step is phenomenal. It's it's so enjoyable to watch. You laugh. I laughed a couple times. It's so fast, it already happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tristan Hill could get off the ball, reset, and get off the ball eight times in the <laughs> amount of time it took Jalen Ferguson to run his three-cone. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh and you know the funny thing is like i i 
I don't think he completely knows what he's doing yet. I think he's kind of a little too... He's not controlled yet. But the first the first step, the get-off is exceptional. He's fluid for a guy his size, too. And uh, I think he's got pretty powerful hands. He just needs to work. He needs, he needs to kind of slow down. He needs to develop. But that's a guy that I think would look wonderful in Kansas City. Uh, Tristan Hill is currently rated, ranked 85th on our board. Sean Bunting currently rated... 81st on our board and uh darnell savage is sitting at 58th on the kc draft guide board. you can't talk about tristan hill and not mention the fact that as a defensive tackle he has like five tackles 30 yards downfield yeah great like effort the fact that he chased down like plays routinely that were 20 30 yards downfield after he ran into the backfield did three circles around the quarterback and then chased it down i'm sorry is this your guy maddie or is this my guy <laughs> Actually, if when somebody gets the guide, he might be my guy, Kent. I, I, yeah, but it was just your position. I mean, I don't have any my guys because I have quarterbacks and running backs. One of my, I really like Brett Rippon. Oh, golly gee. Okay. You okay. really you hear like a lot of whining? TD. Or- <laughs> you hear a lot of whining? Yeah. I hear a lot of whining. You know what? I hope, I hope Maddie gets all of his prospects done. I hope he gets all of his write-ups done in time for you fine people. Because we've been saying 200, <laughs> but maybe it won't break 200. Maybe you'd be right at 200 if Maddie doesn't get on it. <laughs> um, right, well, Armstead. Oh, I, mm, I've, just, I've watched some really bad quarterbacks, <laughs> some really <laughs> meh running backs. Like I'm not excited. I don't have a lot of my guys at my position. It's all the players I've had to this do secondary grades. This is why we split up on. a bunch of positions. This is why we split up edge and safety and interior offensive line. And then you still were like, "Oh, whoops, we didn't claim this guy. Whoops, oh, I'll just take him home." I gave Craig Sharif Miller just today. Oh, how oh how kind of you to just not be adding another player on your plate this late in the process. Right. I'm really just crossing my fingers that it knocks off a write-up that I don't want to do. <laughs> that is the real goal here. I know. I could tell because you're so far behind because you had so many good players that you were just putting your flag <laughs> in the entire season. Oh, Back man, in September. I feel so bad about this, too. Back in, I'm shedding tear upon tear upon tear right is now. Is Darnell Savage any good? I don't know. I'll check him out. <laughs> okay. One more question. Uh... <laughs> At Countryman426 ask, would you be okay with the Chiefs moving to the top of the second round and taking Rock Yasin? So I think, yeah, I think top of the second round's about where Rock Yasin's gonna wind going wind up going. I love him. He's a my guy player, by the way. Um, and it just really depends on how they approach the first round. I don't think the Chiefs can trade up into the first round and go get a guy like Colin Farrell in the early 20s or the late teens and also trade up and get a cornerback in the in the 30s because now you're looking at for day one and two yes you've addressed positions of need with good players but that's it that's all you've done so that's where it kind of gets a little hazy for me i'm not sure that they can make two trade-ups like that uh so if they don't do anything and they just sit at 29 sure yeah maybe be more aggressive in round two but beyond that yeah yeah, yeah. He's he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's got his best football in front of him. He played against lower competition, jumped to Temple for his last year of college, and then you know kind of was able to win a spot at Temple. Not only win a spot, Temple does this thing where they award their top nine players, the toughest players on their team with the top nine numbers, and Rock, his very first year, got awarded one of those numbers. He's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. He's going to develop. I would be fine with them trading up, but only if they haven't already for- sacrificed some assets to move up in the first. So I'm a little lower, I think, on Rocky Sen than everybody else. Not that I think he's a bad player or anything. I just think there is a fair amount of work to be done. And if he hits all of the work that's to be done, I'm not sure he has the same level of ceiling as some of the longer, slightly more athletic guys. So, I mean, for that reason, I don't think I'd be big into trading up to get him. If we traded out of 29 to draft Rockyson at the top of the second round, I would like that a lot better. Just because, like I said, I don't see the ultimate super high upside, and I don't think you're getting a ready-on-day-one player. 
So when that's kind of what you're going for, I'm not sure I'm into trading up for that at that point in time. But if the Chiefs draft him, whether it's a trade back from 29 or if they do to somehow get him later in the second round, I'm not going to be disappointed in it. I just think that I probably have seven or eight corners that I have rated a little bit higher than him right now. And if I'm trading up, he would just there would have to be a lot bigger conviction that I have right now than I do with you said. Fair enough. You're wrong, but fair enough. <laughs> okay. This has been a, this has been quite Are you two done fighting I, yet? Are we are we done with this fight cast? I don't even Are we are we done? I you know, Maddie said he was gonna poke the bear tonight because like this is a little behind <laughs> the curtains, like we're all like we're grinding. We are we are shredding we're shredding some content, shredding some tape. It's towards the end of this whole process. And it's been a day, it's been a week, it's been a, a march. Um and so I think we're just I we're all kind of having a little bit more fun than normal and I'm being a little bit more uh I'm poking the bear tonight is really what it is. I'm I you know. Now, how do you figure of all of us that are irritated, we all know that it's you. You can't be the bear and be poking the bear, can you? I'm I'm embracing the heel. this podcast, you are still 100% in the Kansas Jayhawk loss hangover. Yes, yes, I know. As the DM says, we knew they sucked all along. (laughs) But let's be real. You weren't going public with that until they were getting smacked by 30 at halftime by my Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) Proceeded to come out and get worked again in the second half. It's okay. You can watch the rest of the March Madness tournament. Just sit there, lean back in your recliner, pet your dog, play with the little boy, have a good time, show him what real basketball looks like. <laughs> it's okay. You know, for being your Tigers, I'm surprised Andy Isabella wasn't your guy. You love him a I lot. I do actually not like dislike Andy Isabella. He's a pretty <laughs> solid guy. I just don't want to play him in the slot. I mean, uh, that's all it is. Name one player on your Tigers. Um, Cleveland Farrell played for my Tigers. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> plays for my Tigers. That's wonderful. Knew he was Grant Delpit plays for my no, Tigers. Okay, we're done here. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening and putting up with us on this wonderful March weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you later.